I think people start getting me. I maybe because the closer I am to who I really am, the closer I get to who I really am, the more people get me. Because I think I if I don't have the filters, they don't see filters. Hello, you are listening to the Late Bloomer Living Podcast, where we are reimagining and redefining what it means to be in midlife, where we are gathering energy, momentum, and excitement for our next chapter via candid conversations with other midlifers about their own pivots, pitfalls, and triumphs. I'm Yvonne Marchese, your host, and I'm so happy you're here. I took a walk with my sister-in-law this morning, who is one of my sounding boards, you know, one of those people I can go to for an honest response. I was laying out a scenario for her and asking her advice, and she shared her thoughts with me, and we laughed, because she's funny. And suddenly she said, I'm sorry, I just don't have any filters left. But you know, that's one of the things I love about her, and it got me thinking that As we get older, I hope we are all shedding some of our filters. And by that, I mean the filters that we put up to the rest of the world so we can appear acceptable in some way. I think one of the benefits of aging is that with time, we are getting to know ourselves better and maybe getting more comfortable with sharing our true selves with the world instead of the image that we think people want and expect of us. My guest today is Yael Gilboa, who has been on a life journey that I would call an unveiling of her truest self. She's someone who follows her instincts, but she didn't necessarily start out that way. She's an artist, a dancer, a filmmaker, a speaker, and a wellness mentor. At 35, she went back to school to study filmmaking, leaving behind a secure career that was leaving her unfulfilled. That was her first step into the unknown. When she was 37, a friend invited her to a belly dancing class, just for fun. And she loved it so much, she stayed with it and eventually began performing and teaching belly dancing in her 40s. At 50, she started a video business, and now in her 60s, she started a mission-based online business to teach women how to do mandalas. Her mission is to bring joy into women's lives and to empower them to unleash their creativity using mandala art and dance so they can connect to their inner spirituality and lead inspired lives. I can't wait for you to meet her. But before we do, I have a question for you. Are you feeling stuck and feeling like there's no way out? If you're new here, welcome. I'm so glad you're here. And I want to take a minute to let you know that I created a free guide for you designed to help you start taking the steps towards your next act. It's a workbook called Five Steps to Your Midlife Reboot. You can sign up to receive it as an email series. It's got some practical exercises you can use over the course of several weeks to get past feeling stuck. You can do these at your own pace as they'll be waiting for you in your inbox when you're ready for the next step. I'll remind you at the end of the episode and tell you where to sign up if you're interested. Okay, without further ado, here's Yael Gilboa. Let's go. Thank you so much for being here with me today, Yael. Thank you so much for having me here. I'm so happy to have you. It's so, it's just serendipity that we met. Um, it's it's that new clubhouse thing that I'm doing. I always like to say how I met people and I've been um, participating and putting a lot of time in to clubhouse and exploring what that is and met you in a room and then we connected afterwards and our conversation was just so great. We weren't even going to talk about having you on the podcast, but right. then as we spoke and talked, I was like, your story is amazing. I need to have you on the podcast. <laughs> Absolutely. I think one of the most amazing things in Clubhouse, and it, it is such a democratic platform. I mean, I go into rooms and people moderated from Nigeria and from all over the place. And you just sit there and you listen to them and it breaks cultural differences and boundaries and and language boundaries and this is amazing i mean this is really 
and I love it. I just love it because you hear people's voices and you it's really tremendous. Yeah. And I love how international it is. In fact, here I sit in Connecticut in the United States and there you sit in Israel. Yes, absolutely. And isn't it amazing technology? And it's yeah. good morning for you. <laughs> exactly. So great. Oh my goodness. Well, I can't wait for to to get into your story and 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 why, you know, I thought this would be great to have you on. So I'm gonna just take you back and you know, we talk about reinvention and you are somebody who has done that over and over and over again, right? Absolutely, yes, yes. Yeah. And how old are you now? I'm going to, I'm going to put it out there right into the world. No problem. I'm 61 going on 62. Yeah. A couple of months. Amazing. Yes. And such a, such a background. So, you know, I know that you are, are in the middle of a, of a reinvention, even as we speak. Right. Yes. Um, so if you want to speak to that one first and then, you know, we can bring up the other ones. No, as, as... I, let's go back. I think oh, that okay. the story is much more interesting and it will kind of explain how I got here now and why I'm reinventing myself again. I so, love it. Let's do it. Yes, let, let's go back. Okay, cool. How far do you want to go back? Um, I think I'll go back to the age of 35 when oh. I uh, came to my parents and I told them that I've decided uh, that I want to go back to school and I want to study filmmaking. Wow. And my parents uh, said, we are always, we're going to support you. Um, we're even going to pay for your tuition. Wow. Although I knew that I had, still had to continue working and support myself. But they, they kind of, we're, we are behind you 100%. Now, why did I want to do that? Because I worked uh, before that. And it's funny because a week ago, I spoke to a friend I know from the uh, the past years and and she's like you a photographer mm -hmm. and i'm a videographer and you used to meet when we were both on gigs together like i'll do the uh i'll shoot it usually it's dance performances she, i use the, the i'll do the video she would do the um the, the photo photography and uh she, she said uh, we were talking about other things and i said uh, i did that and i did that and she said how old were you? And then I started counting to her what I did since I finished the army. And you were interesting in my you were interested in my army service, weren't you? I am. I saw a post on your Instagram, and it occurred to me that that having served in the army as a woman, and then that that's just a thing that's done in Israel, right? It's, it's absolutely, yes. It's part of, it's part of the culture. It's part of the social contract, um, which I find fascinating. And I wonder like, how has that informed your life for, you know, how many years since? So I think in, for the first 10 years afterwards, you put your armies, it depends, but I put my army, my, my experience at the army, I would put it in my CV just to make it a little more robust. Mm -hmm. But I really, in the army, I, I, was, I was doing something very secret and, and uh, it's for the intelligence. So uh, the way that we trained other people in the same uh, in the same profession was that will take the the more mature soldiers, the ones who were before uh, completing the whole service, and they will be the ones to train the younger ones. So I was a course commander and um, I had to, to take my whole knowledge and encapsulate it, make it more edible so that I could train other people to understand something which is completely foreign to them and teach them. And for me, it was, I think it's ingrained in me first that I love teaching. And you know, we did it from morning till 10 p.m. at night. That's army, wow. all over the place. Now, yeah. I mean, I hadn't, I had someone else with me and, and she was also teaching part of the course. And uh, we had some other teachers come from for more technical stuff, but it was all on my shoulders. And I loved it. I really, really loved it. Uh, so after after I finished the army, I kind of had 
already had the experience of teaching. And then when I wanted to work in certain things, like I was a tour leader, a tour guide, more teaching youngsters, teaching teenage kids about Jerusalem. So, and then I trained others to be guides. So I knew how to teach. Yeah. And how I can I ask that, you real quick, how many years you spent in the army? It's two years. Two years. It's only two years. Yeah. Okay. Gotcha. It's only two years, but, but, you know, you grow up, you grow up, you grow up because uh, you're you, most of the time that was on my days today. It's different, but you're away from your parents. You're away from your family. You have to fend for yourself. And uh, sometimes you're responsible for kids who are about six months young, younger than you. That's it. Just that they, they came in later. And uh, so, so um, I was uh, I was young and uh, I grew up. I grew up uh, many things. I had to, to overcome a lot of hurdles, I think. And uh, many you. you overcoming securities you get more insecurities because you know somebody does not trust you to do this or that and um then it takes years to to overcome the fact that he did not trust you and you tell yourself but i'm good in that i'm really good sometimes uh people tell you that you're not enough for something and in the army it's very harsh so you've got to overcome that and it takes years. Sometimes it takes years to do that. But uh, you know, something that doesn't kill you, make you stronger. So in Hebrew, we have a sentence like that. I don't remember the equivalent in English. Yeah, so, I, the things that don't kill you, make you stronger is the, is what the one I know for sure. Uh, the yeah. one you know, okay. Yeah, in what Hebrew, doesn't kill you I, makes you stronger. Yeah. Yes, yeah. yes. Well, it doesn't kill you, it makes you stronger. So I got stronger. Yeah. So that, that's when I started. So I, until the age of 30, even 35, my career kind of rolled and I worked mainly in corporate or in NGOs and I was not happy. Although I was doing a lot of things that were people thought were down my lane. I was a spokesperson. I was spokesperson to the Association for Civil Rights in Israel. It's, re, it's, it's a nice job. And I was not happy. I was not happy doing that. So some of it, this has to do with the fact that I'm an introvert and the fact that I had to phone journalists and go after the media. It was not for me, not at the time, maybe mm -hmm. not even now, but I'm, I'm better at it because I've got, I'm a lot more experienced and I know that it doesn't kill me to do that. Right. <laughs> And perhaps it's because what you're doing now is so aligned with, you know, your sense of right. mission for yes. that something yeah. that's driving you. I mean, I, I'm also an, an, an introvert. And so doing what I need to do to try to grow the audience for this podcast, it takes me very far out of my comfort zone. Um, but I'm driven to do it because I love what I'm doing so much. The, these conversations, uh, you know, for the podcast yes. just feed me, uh, hugely. And, uh, yeah, it's amazing what you can do when you, when you've got a, a, a mission or a drive or a purpose, right? Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. So as I said, I came to my parents and I said, listen, I want to go to film school. And I resigned from my work from, from the Association for Civil Rights in Israel. And I said, okay, what do you know how to do? I know how to be a spokesperson. So I applied, reapplied to be a spokesperson. And I landed a wonderful job as a spokesperson for the Israel Museum. It's the largest museum in Israel. And I came to the, uh, to the person who wanted to hire me. And I said, listen, would I be able to go to school to study? And he said, no, um, we need you 24-7. And I said, okay, so I don't want it. And I was, it was the first time that I completely aligned with what I wanted to do or did not want to do. Mm -hmm. I did not want to do this. Mm -hmm. And, but you know, the universe has got a kind of a way of, if you go in the right direction, you will land in something which is more suitable for you. And I got a phone call right after that 
from uh, a woman who worked years before that in, in, in a museum with me. I was doing research in that museum. I was working on what we call audio, called at the time audiovisual content. And I was doing research. And it's funny because then today we call it digital content. At the time, the, the word digital did not exist. Right, yeah. I, I'm talking about mid-80s, mid-80s. So I did, I, she, she knew me and she called and she said, yeah, I've got a job offer for you. And I said, how did you know I was looking for a job? And she said, I did, I don't know, but we are um, formulating a team that uh, we, we have a big museal project um, and we need a team of researchers. And I know that you have experience, so come and talk to the curator. And I got, I landed a job which paid the same salary for part-time job as I had as my, for my um, spokesperson. You're kidding job. me. Wow. And wow. I could work, I could study because it was only part-time. Yeah. So I went to school and when you go to film school, you just, I, I, I looked at, at the curriculum and it was just front like being in school, I'm not taking about the projects that I had to do nothing. It was just 24 hours a week. Wow. Okay. Wow. And mm. it was in Tel Aviv. I lived in Jerusalem. It was far away. So I took a deep breath and I let it out two years afterwards. It was, it was an intensive <laughs> course. Of years. I, 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 I've, it was that my day started at 7 a.m. They ended at 11 p.m. I slept at my parents' home uh, two nights a week because it was just too much for me to drive back and forth. It was amazing. And uh, after I finished that, I, um, I felt that for two years I didn't breathe and I didn't move. So I said, okay, I need to do something. And a friend of mine came to me and she said, Yael, um, my daughter and I, we want to go, and her daughter was seven years old, we want to go to a belly dance class. Would you come with us? And I said, oh, Leslie, you just well, <laughs> you just went through an open door because I've been looking for a class to do something. So I, I started belly dancing as a hobby, I, and I was so caught up with it that I would drive, I finished work, I remember, in Tel Aviv, and I would drive to Jerusalem to be right in time, 5.30 p.m., so that I wouldn't miss my class. And wow. after a year, my teacher told me, El, uh, come and join. She had, she had what she called the ensemble. And it was an advanced class. Okay, yeah. And I said, she said, Yael, come and join that class. And I said, her name is also Yael. I said, Yael, but I don't intend to be a belly dancer. Why do you want me to come to that class? She said, you are talented. You will enjoy it. Come and join that class. Three years later, she actually um, formed a, a dance troupe for me and women like me because we were already 40 plus uh -huh. and uh, we started performing. And um, I finished my um, my schooling, my in, in and I continued to work in museums. I didn't go uh, further than that. And um, then the project that was working on ended suddenly after five years. They, they just, you know, they cut the funds. No more money into that. Oh. And from one day to the other, I was jobless. Oh, wow. So I, I looked for a year. I was looking for all sorts of things to do. I, I, I did whatever came uh, to hand. And then I, I landed another job at the museum. I was doing the curatorial uh, production of, of that museum. And at the time, uh, because I already had my training in video, I got also the projects I used to get were more video oriented like uh because because of my uh my my training mm -hmm. so that was i was 40 plus and i was still doing museal work but after a year i finished that project i moved from jerusalem to this part of the country which is north um north of tel aviv and uh, this is northern part of israel 
and I knew nobody and I had no connections and I had no job. So I said, okay, yeah, what do you know? <laughs> what can you do now? And wow. I said, all right, I know how to belly dance. I've been dancing for five years now and I know how to teach. So I asked my teacher for a few uh, of her, of her um, how, how do you call them, uh, lesson uh, plans. Uh -huh. I don't know the name in English. Yeah. And uh, sh she gave it to me and I started teaching belly dance. Now I thought it was, I would feel my time a little, but it turned into a career. I, I was 40 years plus and I started to be a belly, a professional belly dancer. I, I actually started performing. People came to me and they said, could you do a workshop for us? Could you perform here? Could, and at the beginning, I was a bit fuzzled because I never performed on my own. I always did it as part of a group. Oh. So I collected all the my few of my friends that lived in the north already, left Jerusalem, came here. And uh, even from Tel Aviv, and I said, okay, we need to perform here, we need to perform here. And that was the beginning. And after after a while, I people asked me to come along to do workshop here and workshop there. And, and I did mostly workshops. And I think until today, I've got another one tomorrow. I already stopped and I stopped. Oh, and you're still doing it, you're st even now. I still do it, but so you know, it's going out in the evening. I'm schlepping. I'm going going out with a huge uh, booster, with a huge uh, sound uh, sound booster. Okay. Oh, wow. I take a suitcase full of, of uh, those belts with with the coins the and the bells and the coins and the right. Yeah. I, I bring everything. So with you've me. got luggage. You've got a sound yeah. system. You've got all that I, stuff you're lugging, right? Yeah. Ugh. I wow. have to have to schlep it with me. Yeah. So I got tired of that. And and you go out in the evening because most of them are in the evening and you, you get home very late. And I said, it's not for me anymore. I'm over 50. I don't need to do this anymore. <laughs> but so I was I was trying to pivot from that into something uh, else. And I said, and then a friend came to me and that was uh, about 10 years ago, a little more. It, it was 20 it was uh, 2010 and she asked me to do a film uh, because she knew that I were I did I was doing some small projects about someone and uh, they were willing to pay and I said okay but I, I, I had nothing and I had to hire everyone I had to hire the photographer the photographer and and the um, and the editor and uh, I was left with no money at the end. Like I did a project, but I, I paid myself something like $500 out of the whole thing. Wow. And I, I worked so hard and I said, okay, if you want to do this, I mean, it's 2010. Every kid has an iPhone. They use the iPhone to take videos and they upload it right away to YouTube. So the world has changed from the time that I finished school, finished film school to that year. And I said, okay, the train has come. It stopped in my station. And are you going to get on this, this train? And I said, yes, I'm going to get on this train. So I needed to buy equipment and I needed to, uh, to buy a proper computer and editing software, everything. And I launched my video career, <laughs> video wow. making career. So that's another pivot that I made. So you remember that I was a spokesperson. I, I'm not talking about what I did before that. I did a lot, spokesperson. And then I did museum research and curatorial research and then belly dance. And now I'm a video, um, a, a video editor. And, um, then I realized that it's very difficult when you are a photographer and you're doing video and video is a lot, it's a lot harder because if you don't give uh, your, uh, the edits to somebody else, you spend hours and hours and hours editing, polishing, and it's so time consuming. And I know there are younger people there that do it faster than me. And in a way I'm, I'm, Maybe I'm a control freak. I don't know. 
but I couldn't scale. I needed, I, it's either I build a team and I work with other people or I remain, I remain very small uh, service provider. Mm-hmm. And I was grappling with that. And, and I, I was thinking to scale with teaching because I'm a teacher, coach. So mm-hmm. I'll teach other people to, to film and to edit on their phone, etc. But, you know, life, life happens. And um, at that time, it was around two, uh, two, 2013, my pa- both my parents became um, dependent and, and um, um, very old. Oh, both are over 90 years old. And uh, I suddenly found myself spending about half a week taking care of my parents. We have three girls, three daughters, three sisters. And we we kind of divided the the workload, but because there are two and they they live at home with a caregiver and we had so much... it's the bureaucracy and and just going to be there with them and to take them out and to take care of them and to take care of the things and their house and everything yeah it's a full-time job yeah and i couldn't scale my business i couldn't scale it and if it was at that time um the things that helped me and this is something um maybe i should go back to my belly dance because I think what happened was even when I went to uh, film school and I knew that I had a passion for filming, for filming, and I loved it so much, I was, I felt that there was some kind of a veil that was separating me from the rest of the world. Mm-hmm. And I just couldn't, I, I didn't feel grounded. And the one thing that really grounded me and the veil started to lift was belly dancing. And I cannot explain because when you stand there, or maybe I can, you stand there and you let your body, you release because in order to dance properly, you need to release and you learn to, to look at you and to love you wriggling there just at that, to see your body shake and wriggle and and uh you you know we i, I remember my students would come to class and at the beginning of the even the, the the full women they would come and they wear a huge uh a, a huge um t-shirt that you can't see anything and i said listen uh, would you pull it up a little i want to see your belly i want to see what you're doing or, or they wear buggy pants. And I, I told them I need you to wear tights. I want to see how your knees work. And um, so, and after a while you see them like pulling the shirt up. Did you want to see their Right, And it takes a little while and they will buy a short, you know, a short shirt that would actually reveal their tummy. <gasps> Yeah, which think, is a big deal you know like for me deal. right now i do not want to reveal my tummy <laughs> you see so and i think this is the thing that got me so grounded and and that was the beginning still i felt that there's something preventing me from reaching my inner being mm-hmm. and Around the year 2011, I think, I felt I encountered mandala work. And you can see behind me, there are a lot of mandalas. And uh, that was the first time in my life that I got, I felt that inner connection. You work on the mandala and you, you just go inside. So every time I'm in a... I don't. I, I want to say stuck, but it's more than I'm uh, in a tight spot. I uh, just go and paint a mandala, and it would, in a way, it would ease things for me. And did you start so, doing that about the same time you started doing the belly dancing? No, the, the, when I started doing the video, when I opened my video uh, career. Gotcha. So more in your fifties. Yeah, in my fifties. It uh-huh. was in my fifties. 
So the mandala was was for me was kind of like 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 I did with the belly dance at the beginning. It was a hobby and nothing more than that. And I took a course with my mentor and teacher, um, and I, I kind of um, got into that more and more. But still, I didn't do anything with that. And um, to make a long story short, I've been doing videos for the past ten years. And I'm, I specialize mostly in um, educational videos because I come from education. So online courses, not for me, for others. Oh. <laughs> I'm the expert. How interesting. And wow. I, I collaborate a lot with a friend who is, a, who is an art teacher. And one day she said to me, listen, why don't you do some uh, belly dance instruction, some dance, not not belly dance especially, dance uh, instruction, some da dance videos that we could incorporate into that course. And the women who took the course loved it. And she said, yeah, do, do a course of your own. And then something came to me and I said, okay, I do, I do something about the mandala, the mandala work. And that's when I started, uh, I actually started teaching uh, mandala, mandala work and sacred geometry. So this is the pivot that I've been doing over the past couple of years. Wow. And um, I'm trying, I, I, I'm trying to combine everything together, which means yes. it's the mandalas with the dance, because I think that there is something with you want to get really connected you have to do it body and soul so body is the dance and soul is the mandala and that's my my final pivot wow so far as you know yes. so, so no, you know that's what? my pivot so far <laughs> so far exactly i want to i want to i went i found a really interesting uh, post that you did, which I think speaks to this. I'm going to quote you to yourself. <laughs> okay. It's okay. Because this is talking about um, your ma mandala work. Uh, mandala? Is that, it's mandala. That, that's how you mandala. pronounce it in, in Sanskrit. Mandala. You, say, you, you, mandala. you pronounce it not mandala, but mandala. You said uh, in one of your posts, um, you always had the feeling that something was right under the surface that wanted to glow, but it was still covered with dust. Yes. I was yes. like, ah, oh, that's just a beautiful uh, statement. And then uh, you, you made another kind of a declaration. Here's another one um, that you had posted. I hereby accept my role as a new energy teacher, paving the way for humanity to awake and uplift through creativity. That's yes. so such a bold. I love that you took that statement and made it public. And uh, I imagine did, when you did that, did 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 you feel nervous putting that uh, out to the yeah, world? Yeah, very, very much, very like much, very much. I actually um, a, a couple of months ago, I started my own podcast. It's not out yet. I started it with video, and I call it Awaken and Uplift TV. Mm -hmm. And I interview creatives and I said, creativity is something, uh, it's not only art. I mean, it, it's, <clears throat> it's everything. So I started, I started with my, the big mentor of mandalas uh, who taught my teacher. And uh, I already did with a few others, a dancer and, uh, and a, a tarot reader who was also an artist and uh so so yes i think my role is to uplift awaken creativity that's what i want to do I, the, the tools that i have are movement and mandalas but um that's that's my role in life and uh that's what i'm i aim to do if possible for the next 10 years, as long as I work, if I go along with my father, who is, a, how you say that, centential? So, oh, yeah, he's a centennial, right? A centennial. Because you just told me he turned 100. 
right? He's, he's, hasn't, no, he hasn't. Oh, he's almost. Started, he's 99. He's almost 100. He's past 99. Yeah. He was born in 1921. Ah, so, okay. Centennial. So, um, so my mom died at 96. So I guess that I'm going to be here a long time. And I plan to work at least for another 10 or 15 or more years. And I'd love to teach for as long as I can, for as long as I can. Maybe I'll pivot again, but this is what I'm going to do for the next few years. I hereby declare. What I love about your story is how you have, um, how you have just followed your instincts and made changes you've you listened to that inner voice and you made the changes you need to you needed to make did you ever feel like um was there ever a change that that it, it kind of like in hindsight it sounds like the decisions were very easy for you um but did you have some fear heading into those pivots and those changes was there anything that was blocking you from doing it I think the first one when I left the Association for Civil Rights in Israel, that uh, that was like you leave a safe job, and you know our my, our parents' generation, most of them were not entrepreneurs. They were uh, they, they were looking for safety, mm-hmm. and my mom, who was a social worker, my father was was a bank um, a bank manager. And my mom always wanted me to get either in civil service, service to get a job or in um, or in the banks. Like she, she thought that you need you need a security. Mm-hmm. And I was kind of breaking away from it completely. I said, I'm going for the unknown. So that was the first time. Yeah. So when you approached your parents, I imagine you you knew how your your parents might feel about this yeah, was, yeah. Uh, so so just to and they ended up supporting you which is yeah, amazing yeah. were yeah. You, were you just so scared coming to have that no no I, I wasn't them? scared going to my parents because my parents um in a way i i was married in my 20s mostly because i was under pressure to get married and um i think my parents learned from that that uh, they have to go along with me mm. so, uh, and before i did that before i left my, that job uh, i left another i didn't leave it I actually i took a vacation and then i left it when i was abroad i came to them uh, i was recovering from a, a divorce and i was in in another job which was included being a spokesperson i, I was a um a assistant spokesperson at the time and uh, I said to them, listen, I want to take a trip to the Far East that I didn't take for my honeymoon. And uh, I'm going to I want to go for three months. And they said to me, we'll support you in anything you want to do. I didn't ask them for money or anything. I just say that that's what was my intention. Mm-hmm. And when I came to them with, with my wish to study, to change, to, to change direction, I think they were ready for this. And uh, they supported me 100%. And my mom, all these years, just wanted me to get get remarried and have kids. (laughs) (laughs) You know, people, the people that we love want things for us that, that are so well-intentioned and may not be the best thing for us. Yeah. 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 So. I mean, it hurt me to hurt her, to yeah. disappoint her in that respect. But I was true to myself. And I thought that if I don't want to get remarried, I'm not really built to be a single mom. I didn't want to do that. Mm-hmm. So I didn't. I didn't. Yeah. And um, if there are any regrets, this is not the subject. I don't know. I don't think so. There are no regrets. I'm actually looking for a nice man. With a ready-made family. <laughs> there you go. There you go. I'm ready to be a grandma. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. And I, I have a feeling that, you know, you're fabulous. You're going to find somebody. Somebody's yeah. going <laughs> to, somebody's dying to be with you. 
<laughs> I'll be fabulous grandma, I'm sure, because yes. I'm really fabulous aunt. So, um, yeah. Oh, that's amazing. Oh my goodness. What do you love? What do you like best about being the age you are now? I don't give a damn. <laughs> Sorry ah! about the words. In the podcast, you can't see me, but I'm actually graying up. You see that? That's how you said that. I stopped dyeing my hair about six months ago. Mm-hmm. I'm still in the process. It's not as fabulous as it is going to look in about six months. I have but... to tell you, it looks really cool right now. Okay. It looks really cool. I love it. You've got those great curls and then you've got like that, that stripe of white. I have a crown. It is. Yeah, you do. You have a crown. It's gotten to a good place. It's so funny. I just, just full disclosure, I just colored my hair and right before, you know, for the past week or so, I've been thinking, oh, is it time to stop coloring? Maybe it is. And, and then I was watching it grow in and I'm like, no, I'm not ready yet because it's still so. It I want it to be more gray when I do yeah, it. But but it's easier to do it when it's not so gray. I must say. But the thing is, I I think about five years ago, I promised myself when I turned sixty, I'm going to do this, and I turned sixty and I didn't dare. Yeah. And then COVID came, and I saw so many women do it. And I said, okay, and I lost the chance to do it at the beginning of COVID because I, I kept dying it. But I said, okay, I'll, I, I'll die only the front and I left my back. <laughs> and I, I don't have that much gray hair in the back. And then just in, in September, I, in, I think in August, I said, this is the last time. I'm not going to do it anymore. And I stuck to it. And when I make a decision, I make a decision. It's like uh-huh. pivoting. I make a decision and I stick to it. So I made a decision and stuck to it. And uh, I'm really already, I'm satisfied now because it's really, it looks pretty. And uh, even yesterday, um, a woman who knows me, uh, she met me and I I, I was talking to to her sister and I said that I was doing it. And she said, oh, I thought that you were actually coloring your hair silver. And I started to laugh. That's so funny. I I think it's great. I love that that is um, the trend that's happening right now is women just owning, owning where they are on the path of life, you know, and, and uh, I really am, the more I do this podcast, the more I realize how we really need to rethink how we embrace what age is and yeah. what's possible for us as we age. Cause it doesn't, I mean, it's so different now from what it was for our parents. Absolutely. It's a different world and what's possible for us in our fifties, sixties, seventies, who knows? Yeah. You know? Yeah. I, th- I think the world is going, I, I mean, we are baby. I'm a baby boomer. At least I'm at the end of the baby boomers. Um, and um yeah, the baby baby boomers are aging, and uh, it we we I th- I think the whole culture now is so youth centered, and uh, we we are we start owning up and saying, uh, listen, if you want me to buy your perfume, don't give me an eighteen year old on 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 your uh, commercial. I don't. To, to see an 18 year old wearing the same perfume as I do. You want me to buy your perfume? Give me a 60 year old woman, a 50 year old woman. Yes. That's what and I'll buy. It's exciting. There's a whole movement going on. And I think, I think that, you know, the advertisers and the marketing people in marketing are starting to get that. So, oh, I have a question for you. What do people misunderstand about you? Oh, that's a tough question. Do you feel like there's anything or do you feel like people really kind of get you based on? I think people stop getting me. I Maybe because the closer I am to who I really am, the closer I get to who I really am, the more people get me. Because I think I, if I don't have the filters, they don't see filters. Mm-hmm. And um, I think um, many years people thought that I had more 
uh, self-confidence that I used to have, but my self-confidence grew. So I'm more, and um, I don't think people understand that I'm an introvert. And uh, because when I come out, I'm a speaker, um, I come at a stage, I perform, I know, you see my, even my voice booms a little because when you're a tour guide, you need to speak to the last person mm -hmm. standing in the back mm -hmm. of the room or in the group. So um, you don't, so performing for me is, um, is a way of showing who I am, but I think that, um, yeah, nowadays I think people get me more and more. And, I love what uh, you said that because you're you're showing more of your truth, that yeah. people are starting to get more of that, and that. Um, so there's like it sounds to me like with age there's and and through your self exploration with the mandala work that you've done has given you this well of courage to step forward, really with yourself and and not not just for yourself but for others. And to say, I am that I am. Yeah. I am that I am. And uh, yes. And it's owning up a lot of things, I think. A lot yeah. of things. And uh, it's only for the past couple of years that I'm getting the courage to be who I truly am. And, not to, and really not to care what people really think. I mean, they can think whatever they want. You don't want me, you don't, don't come. It's okay. There are other people who want me. It's fine. It's right. fine not to like me. It's okay. Yes. If yes. you like me, you like me for who I am and what I am and what I stand for. And if you don't, it, it, it does not resonate with you. That's fine. I know everybody resonates with me either. Right. And if we could, you know, and we're all so busy uh, for so long trying to be or project the person that we think people want us to be and we're cheating ourselves and those other people absolutely and i think if it's if you didn't ask me but i'm giving it freely as an advice to younger people if you ever listen to this podcast it's that don't be afraid to be who you truly are don't think about what people expect you to be because you have to find your own voice and say it out loud and proclaim who you truly are, you truly are and if you are still looking that's fine just go on exploring it until you know and for my journey it takes quite a while i love it i love it that's a beautiful place a beautiful place to wrap it all up. But but yeah. before we do, I want to know, what do you have going on that you're excited about? What's going on for you? Okay, so I have a few. Um, I have a few. First, Clubhouse. I'm just starting to explore it. And uh, I have a few rooms coming up and even collaborating with you. And yeah. um, so that's one thing. And I have my own rooms that have to do with... Uh, uh, more about movement and and chakra work and uh, mandala work. So just follow me on uh, Clubhouse and Instagram. And um, perfect. What's your um? And so where can people? What what are you listed under in, in Instagram? It's just in your Instagram, name, right? I'm listed under my name, Yael Gilboa. Mm -hmm. one word. And on Clubhouse, it's uh, at Gilboim. G I L B O I M. Also on TikTok, I just started TikTok, but I'm not that active. And on Facebook, it's Mandala Healing or Yael Gilboa Mandala Healing. And uh, my website is mandalahealing.dance. And my forthcoming, I'm, I'm doing a few workshops now on actually painting mandalas, uh, really getting people into the work, doing mandala artwork, but each one of them, each, it's, technique and spiritual work together. So um, this is what I'm excited about. And uh, 
following that, I'm going to do um, something which uh, I, about uh, chakra work and chakra awakening, and that will be a huge course. So this is planned for another couple of months, maybe. Very cool. I have a friend who's uh, going through some some work to clear ch chakras, and she's just in the beginning learning stages. So I'm going to let her know for sure about what you're doing. That's exciting. And I maybe I'll look into it myself. That sounds really cool. I love what you're doing. Um, I will have all that information in the show notes for people so that they can come and find you and uh, and do a little exploring. I think it's great. Thank uh, you so much for being here with us today. With, you know. Thank you, Yvonne. That was such a pleasure for me just to share, I think, my life story. And uh, yeah, to know, I hope that people will enjoy it and uh, that it will give you some insight into somebody else, into it, into how you can live your life fully and uh, not to be afraid to make the changes that you need to make in order to live it fully. Yes. And thank you so much for having me. Oh, my total pleasure. Thank you. Well, there you have it. You know, I only met Yael a few weeks ago, but you know how it is when you meet someone and you just know you're going to be friends? From my first conversation with her, I knew I was meeting a kindred spirit. And now we've hosted a couple of rooms in Clubhouse and are planning more in the near future. I'll keep you posted about that. Talking to her inspired me to try my hand at creating a couple of mandalas as an experiment in getting out of my head. Uh, I tend to find myself grinding and working a lot and thinking about work even when it's supposed to be my downtime. I have to say, my little foray into creating mandalas has been fun and helps me disconnect my brain from all the chatter that's usually going on up there. Mandalas may or may not be your thing, but you know, how do you know until we try something? So if you're curious about it, you can head over to Yael's website. I'll have that information for you in the show notes. Just go to latebloomerliving.com forward slash podcast and click on the show notes for episode 44. And hey, while you're there, you can also find a link to the sign up sheet for your free guide, Five Steps to Your Midlife Reboot. Thanks so much for listening. I hope you have a fantastic week. Stay safe and well. Talk soon.